0: Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. All right, Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We have no idea when we're going to hear from Coach Q. Stuck in airport security, so we want to hear from lines. you. Phone lines open, 315-437-7644. We want to get your thoughts on Syracuse, Virginia last night. Uh, have some you thoughts. ever missed a
1: flight because of airport security?
0: Um, you travel yeah a, a good amount uh no uh because I'm one of those people that arrives earlier than I probably need to.
1: I nearly missed one. I actually saw you on the on the uh on the trip uh we went down to Duke uh for that game at Cameron a couple years ago and uh i, I and we uh our flight got cancelled on this end, and then we were rescheduled for an earlier flight at the Syracuse airport, so we had to like race over. And because it was an hour earlier, we had like forty minutes to get to the airport, and my didn't friends, work out well for my you? friends. Very nearly missed the flight. I have pre, I have TSA pre check, so I like scooted right through. Friends it's, a, it's, were not a, as a, it's a beautiful
0: thing. It's awesome. We'll have to ask Coach Q if he's got uh, the pre check or not. Uh, I mentioned that I want to hear from our listeners, get their their thoughts. You have some thoughts to pass along from, from Facebook, yes?
1: Yeah, we got a, a Facebook comment from Nick Mara. Mara? Mara? Sorry if I uh, mispronounce your name. Uh, the press really worked in the last minute. Do you think if they pressed a bit earlier, they could have gotten a few more possessions? Um, I don't know. Um, I, I understand why they don't press much. I really do. Um, and Jim Beheim will say it time and time again of, hey, we don't have the guys and we don't have the horses to... You know, press for 40 minutes, and I, I get that. Um, did the press work? Like, kind of, sort of, right? Oh, I mean, it it's, absolutely. It's fed it sped up the it game, it closed the gap. It, it works. Um, I don't know, but I don't know that it would have worked if you did it for longer, right? Fair point. Um, like, I don't know if they started five minutes
0: earlier, would Syracuse have won that game? I, I just I have no idea. So, we've addressed some semblance of this question now, each of the last three days. I know the reason why they don't, right? Or at least I think I know the reason why. I'm, I'm not Jim Beheim, obviously. I, I can. My guess is, like I've been saying the last couple of days, that they press when they need to. They obviously aren't very deep. They rely on the 2-3 zone. It's their style. It's what they do. So I get the reason why they don't, and they tend to only do it when they fall behind or when it's a you know an urgent type situation. And we saw the very first possession they pressed; Virginia went down and got an easy basket. So exactly. The risk that comes with that is, and
1: that happened in the Georgetown t- game too, right? They pr- they right. pressed. Georgetown kept getting easy buckets, did easy it out bu- of necessity,
0: right? But they sped up the game. They got more possessions, and when you're down, you need to do that. When it's a an even game like the Notre Dame game or the Wake Forest game, for instance. I mean, it's nip and tuck. I mean, the Wake Forest game was tied with two minutes to go. Notre Dame went right down to the wire. They didn't need to press in those games. Right. I will say this. Um, for a team that struggles so much to score, and you know that you have to get to you know, 60 points in a given game, is there some benefit to throwing it on for three possessions in the first half and Maybe. see like, can we get a couple of easy ones and give us a little bit of a spark, you know, take a two point lead and make it seven. Um But again, I get why they don't do it. And there are reasons, you know, and good reasons why they don't do it again. Depth is an issue. You run around and you press and you've got three guys playing all 40 minutes. That's going to wear them down. I mean, that is, that is a concern. And again, it's, it's not what you do. You play the two, three zone, and and that's your bread and butter. So I get why they don't do it. Um for this particular team, do I think maybe it could spark them here and there? Yeah. And and maybe as as this team moves forward and continues to see that scoring the basketball is difficult, maybe they will sprinkle it in here and there. But they're they're not gonna do it unless they have to, um, you know, several possessions in a row. I just don't see that happening.
1: No, I, I don't either. I don't see them doing it for five or ten or uh, fifteen minutes at a time. You know, maybe uh, you throw it out
0: after a made free throw, like right. to surprise the right. opponent. See if we
1: sure. can get an easy one. You know, sure. I, I'm. I look. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it a little bit more, uh, or or in a little bit more. Uh, you know, spurts a little bit more often. But I, I don't see it. Um, I don't see it happening for like thirty-five minutes a game. Like that's just not what they do. It never has been. And with the rotation that Syracuse plays, and with the uh, limited bodies. That they've got, they really can't press for too much longer than than what they did last night, right? Or what they did in the Georgetown game. Uh, they're just not able to. So I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily see fault in that.
0: As for the offensive ball movement, and I don't know if this is a great analogy. I don't know if you're going to buy this or not. But as I was watching the game last night, I couldn't help but think back to the first year that LeBron went to join the Miami Heat. And do you remember what the biggest problem with that team was? It was.
1: They had three guys who wanted the ball in their three hands? Three
0: guys who wanted the ball in their hands. But it, everybody was figuring out their role. It was it Dwayne Wade's team? It was it LeBron's team? One possession, it would be, you know, LeBron would go to the basket, and then next time he would defer and, like, all right, it's Wade's turn to put his right. head down and, and do his thing. Okay, we got to sprinkle in Bosch. We got to get right, him involved. Because he's an all star and a Hall of Famer, too. And as I'm watching the game last night, like, that's that's what like dawned on me is that didn't it kind of feel like that, that it was like, all right, Frank Howard's going to go on this possession and now, okay, we're going to set it up for Tyus and Tyus is going to put the ball on the floor and put his head down and, you know, run into the lane and try to put up a floater and, okay, let's not forget about O'Shea Brissett. Everything was, everything was one-on-one. And I don't know if that's a great analogy or not, but that that's kind of what popped into my head, that it was, it this offense feels very much like it's, those three guys and they they put so much on their plates just like that that heat team did it was so much about wade and bosh and lebron and everybody's got to get their points in order for this team to succeed and there was a i don't want to say a power struggle because i don't see that with this team like no. they all get along there's there is very good chemistry but it's almost like all right we got to get these three guys involved how are we going to do that and there's there's some difficulty in that now because the opponents are keying in on those three guys. So how do you get them good looks? It's it's a challenge. And so last night it came down to everybody, those three were just putting their head down, going to the basket and trying to make a play on their own because you know, again, Virginia helped so well on defense and and that it felt like the only way they could score.
1: Yeah, I, look, I, uh, this team no secret uh is only going to get the scoring from those three guys, right? And you know where your your bread is buttered if you're Syracuse right now, and you've got to get the ball in the hands of those three. Uh, that being said, last night, Pascal Chukwu would come up and set a screen at the top. The big man would stay with the guard, and Pascal Chukwu was left wide open as he as he floated back towards the basket. And not once did they try and pass him the ball, uh, whether it was Tyus Battle or Frank Howard. Not once. Um, and I just couldn't help but think, hey, if you passed them the ball maybe three times, Uh, You know, maybe he'd have six or eight more points and and things might work. Uh, I I don't know if that's the kind of easy buckets that you need to get. I think it is. Um, You know, I I, I don't know what else you can do. They've got to screen a little bit more. They've got to get a little bit more ball movement. Uh, Even just like token things like passing around the perimeter instead of having one guy dribble.
0: Um, Like just move the ball and make the defense move a little bit more. How many possessions did we see last night? Where no one other than Battle, Brissett, and Howard touched the ball. And again, I'm not I would saying 80 say percent of I'm, the possessions? I'm not saying that I think Matthew Moyer should be shooting threes, or you know, Merrick Dolaj should get the ball at the three point line and you know, beat his guy off the dri- I mean, th- that's just not their games. I and I get that, but how many times do we see the other two guys on the court simply just not touch the ball? It was a majority of possessions, I would yes. say, or a good number of possessions, and. That's why we say you know it's five on three on the offensive end. How many possessions, Steve? I'll go a step further. How many possessions did we see that only
1: Frank Howard or only Tyus Battle touched the ball? Right, and like I don't mean that as like I know that only drives the, you crazy. I don't mean that as like only the two of them. I mean only one of them.
0: I touch the ball. I know that, that drives, drives you crazy. Me insane. I know it does.
1: It drives me insane because. This team struggles so much offensively, and you're going to put the ball in the hands of one guy, whether it's your best offensive player or your second best offensive player, and you're going to say, just do something. See, like I, I'd rather them pass uh, once. I, with the exception of the last play against Notre Dame, I don't want anybody dribbling for 20 seconds at a time.
0: We look at this differently because... I I think there is benefit to to moving the ball okay like the have you seen Hoosiers I forget yes. you've seen yes. Hoosiers so the you know five passes before you take a sure. shot I don't think we we need to see that okay no. And, and no. this team is so challenged offensively that if Frank Howard comes down and he comes off a, a high ball screen and he's got a good look, take it. Because you may not get a better look on the offensive possession because you know it's it's such a struggle right now. So it doesn't bother me if one of those three guys gets a good look early in the shot clock and they take it. Because you want them taking a majority of the shots. I, I just think that, again, when when it comes down to... You know how are we going to score on this possession? And you know the, the the opposing defense is set up. I think there is a place for for some ball movement, and it shouldn't always just be you know battle. Put the ball ball on the floor and try to get to the basket, or or Brissett, or or Howard. Um, other guys should touch it. And I, and again, I don't know if that'll help, but it might keep the defense a little more honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they they've got to find a way to keep the defense
1: honest, right? Like that's what it comes down to. They've got to find a way. Uh, to get better looks and to keep the defense at least engaged to those other two who are on the floor. Um, because, like I said, Chuku floats back to the basket and the big man doesn't care enough to guard with, to stick with him, right? And you double up on the point guard or the shooting guard. Uh, you know, Matthew Moyer's getting the ball and, and there's no respect for him. Um, and, and look, not that, I, not that I think there necessarily should be much respect for his outside game, but, uh, you know, he gets the ball and, and defenders are just way, way away from him. Uh, you know, and and guarding towards the basket. It's just you you've gotta find a way to get those other guys um maybe they're not I mean look, they're not offensive players, but you've got to find a way to make the other team maybe think that they're bigger threats than they are. And, and Whether that's just giving them the ball more or right. or just putting them in better position when they get the ball. Like you've you've got to
0: figure something out. I realize there's not an easy solution. Like I, I, I do not envy right. the task of, of Jim Beheim and, and and the coaches this team is severely limited on the offensive end. They've got three players who can score, and then four other guys slash three other guys that you know. I don't know if you want to count Howard Washington or not. He he gets in here and there. Uh, played two minutes last night. Um, you you the rest of your guys who play are not offensive weapons, and not their their offensive games are severely limited. So I realize there's not not an easy solution, and I do not envy the task of the coaches to try and figure this out. But again, watching it. And, and watching it repeatedly watch you know scoring 49 points against Notre Dame and and last night was a struggle and they they had that flurry and that burst at the very end but again they were essentially held they were right still around down 50 I mean, they, the time. they yeah. had 50 points with with just over a minute to go and then they had that little flurry and finished with 61 um but again they're being held essentially like in the 50s against good teams that that's not good enough to win
1: no that's not going to win you very many if any games uh, you've got to be better than that You've got to be better than that, and and I know that uh, we talked about it. We kind of stumbled into this on Monday, of like what's their record got to be at the end of the month to to make us care in February and think they've got a chance at going to the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and we kind of stumbled upon four and five, maybe five and four would definitely have us interested, right? Like that was kind of where we that was kind of like where we ended up. Um, and I, I don't know if they can get there with the offense that they've shown. These past couple games, I thought it was better yesterday at times. I thought that the team was better yesterday than they were Saturday, but um, it's still not enough to make you think that this team, you know, was as good as it looked in the non-conference.
0: It's fun to look at the schedule and to talk about like the the end of the schedule when it's okay, you know, Miami and North Carolina and Duke, and then they they close out with Clemson, who's good and. this season may be decided. Like the fate of this may be decided two weeks. during during this two week stretch where it's Pitt, BC, Pitt, and Georgia Tech, and it's Absolutely not sexy it to talk about. But that stretch may very well determine if this team even has a chance for the NCAA tournament uh, at, at the end of the day. And it's it. I'm surprised that we're, we're that the, the script has flipped like this. So you know, ben flips so quickly that you know coming out of Virginia Tech, I don't think. I don't think we expected them to lose three in a row. Certainly, you know Notre Dame's down their two best players, and and Wake is is a, is an average team, and that felt like a very winnable game. And oh, by the way, their best player got hurt early right. in that game and didn't play. Look, Wake Forest they missed is one of those two teams. big opportunities against Wake and Notre Dame.
1: Steve, Wake is one of those teams right now where you're going to get them at home later on in the conference schedule, and like you very well could beat them, right? Like you're that that's a team that like if they're not if they're not worse than you, right? At the very best, they're at your level. Right. Like at the very best, Wake Forest is like in the same level as Syracuse right now. And like that's a team that you very likely will, should split and like could have stolen that game on the road, which is why I think that we never would have imagined, uh, you know, and, and we didn't when we came back from the new year. We didn't think they would lose three in a row
0: because we thought that they would have at least split those Wake Forest and Notre Dame games. And it looks so good against Virginia Tech, right. and and even the St. Bonaventure game, we knew St. Bonaventure was good, and it, it you know it came down to a you know a questionable offensive foul on O'Shea Brissett, and there was the, the you know the flurry at the end of regulation where Battle missed a, a shot in the lane, and then Brissett missed a you know what looked like an easy putback, and you felt like okay you know this is going to happen close you know you're not going to win every close game, but they were right there, and they they could have they could have won that game against a, a good team, and then they you know responded by by beating Eastern Michigan and Virginia Tech, and you felt like. You know this team can maybe do some damage and and maybe finish in the the upper half of the ACC conference and and now, you know they're kind of treading water at, at one and three and uh, and staring tre- at one are, and four. Are they still even treading water? Well, I, I think they are through the end of the month I, because sure. you know. No one expects them to beat Florida State on Saturday, and then you've got those four games that you can you can get back to five hundred. I, I look at treading water as kind of you know five hundred. You, you're you're on schedule, you're on pace. If they can win those four in a row, and that's a big if. I mean, this team's going to have to reel off four in a row, but they're all. I mean, Pitt is not good, and they've got Pitt twice. Pitt's bad. They've yeah. got BC at home, and they're at Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech's not very good. So they could. Easily win could, four in a row, right? They, and they could, could be, conceivably win those four. They could the, be five and four at the or end, or go of three it. and one, right? And and then you're right around five hundred. That's treading water to me. So give me till the and end of the month. And then you get
1: Virginia at home,
0: right? Give me till the end of the month. And if this team is four and five in conference, or five and four, okay, um, five and four going into that Virginia game would be nice. That would be huge. Then you'd be on a four game winning streak against a team that you feel like, hey, maybe we could beat. You've right. already seen them once. You were right building. there with them in your building. Um, and now, now you've got some momentum. Last year, yeah. So again, not time to to give up on this season by any means. I mean, there's a lot of basketball to be played, uh, but it is uh, it's a frustrating start. And and offensively, this team continues to frustrate. I'm with you though. What you said at the top of the show about you know last night felt like a step forward in some ways. For me, the biggest. Step forward last night was on the backboards. They got back to doing what they do. Um, they got pushed around against Notre Dame, pushed around to some extent against Wake Forest. They did not get pushed around last night. No, not at all. And I thought Pascal Chukwu. I thought that was a promising sign. Sixteen rebounds for him. Ten on the offensive end. Um, he played well. He might have been the best player. You know, in terms of who was the MVP last night, might have been Pascal Chukwu. That's Cucu. who we gave it to on the post. Yeah, show. I think that's I, I think that's that's accurate. Nine points, sixteen boards, and again ten offensive rebounds.
1: That's incredible.
0: Yeah, and that led to seventeen second chance points. So there were some good things to come out of last night, but ultimately, uh, again, Syracuse basketball is not in the business of moral victories. This team now one and three in conference play, heading down to Florida State on Saturday. We need to take another timeout. Full lines remain open. 4-3-7, 76-44. We wrap up hour number one of Orange Nation right after this on ESPN. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio.
2: 97.7 FM Syracuse.
0: And 100.1 FM Oswego. Live from Armory Square.
1: This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth
2: Goldberg.
0: Steven, Seth, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. I, I told Max, uh, Seth, that we, we needed a break from yeah. the SU basketball talk. I'm fine with that. Um, we
2: all need a break. I can't listen to it anymore. That was a frustrating game last night. But.
0: I know we, we look at this differently. You were saying, Max, before the show that uh, that you didn't think SU played well. And it's not that I thought they played great. I thought they played better than the Notre Dame game. Like They got okay. back to doing some fair. of the things
2: that they had not been doing. Right. Uh, no, that's fair to say. Uh, Ties on the list is rebounding. I was like pulling my hair out watching them on the offensive side of the ball. Also, Virginia's a better
1: Virginia's also a better defensive team I than complete, Notre Dame, No, so. I
2: completely understand what both of you are saying. I'm not I'm not discounting any of that. I'm just saying in the second half, watching that game, and all of a sudden the strategy turned in, okay, we're across half court, here's Tyus battle, and you're gonna dribble around everybody for twenty seconds and then you're gonna force up a shot. Or now it's Frank Howard's turn and you're gonna dribble it up the court and you're going to get a high screen if they even decide to do that, because that's something they didn't do at all in the second half last night. Oh, but no one on offense is also going to touch the ball unless your last name is Brissette, Battle, or Howard.
0: Did you buy my comparison to the first year that LeBron joined the Heat where it was like, all right, it's LeBron's turn to drive. Now it's Dwayne Wade's turn yeah, to drive. No, oh, completely. Let's, let's sprinkle in some Bosh here. Let's yeah. not forget about Dwayne Wade. Okay, LeBron, you do your thing. It, it, again, it it feels like at times that that's, that's what it is watching this yeah, offense. Yeah, no,
2: I completely agree with that, and it's – that's why that's a main reason why it's so stagnant sometimes. But there's you can't win a basketball game playing three on five offense, even if you you just got to move the ball among the five players on the floor. <laughs> Well, like, you, you, can win.
0: you can win if all three of those guys play well. But what we've seen, and I think what you're going to continue to see throughout the ACC, because the defenses are better and the athlete that you're going up against is better, oh, no I think doubt. it's going to be hard
2: for those three guys to all be on on the same night. Especially against a team like Virginia, who is right. arguably the best team in the ACC and one of the best teams in the country. But I just thought last night that three-on-five offense was definitely, it's definitely not going to work against a Duke, not going to work against Virginia. It might not even work against a Florida State. Well, define work. Can they score 60 points? Can they points? win? Again, can they combine can for... Can they score
0: 60 points? Yes. So it can work in that regard. But then, again, the defense is is going to have to be fantastic. Right. Um, and, again, yeah, is just better on both ends the of the The whole league. key to it is the
1: defense has to be good enough. Right? Because the offense, if they can score 65 on a given night, right? I mean, anytime... If they, if they can score 65 on a given night, if the defense is good enough, they could probably win that game. I mean, right, like we we saw that if they had held Virginia to sixty five, that's a four point game, and and you don't know how the ball bounces. If they had kept, you know, Notre Dame, I mean, if it, it would blow out Notre Dame, sorry, if they if they had scored sixty five, it's a three point game. If they had yeah. scored sixty five against Notre Dame, that's a blowout. If they, yeah. you know, if if they had been a little bit more consistent offensively against Wake, seven against Wake, right, right, right. and, yeah. and you were right there. But that's what um, I'm saying is
2: like. That's when, when the offense be at, struggles, though. it's when it just goes to like what you were saying. Okay, it's your turn now. Do this, but or again, it's your and, turn now. And I, do this, and I say that like kind of.
0: Kind of half joking, I realize there's not an easy solution because there just aren't options. Like no this isn't no, but this isn't an NBA team with NBA not. players who can make NBA moves, and you this, can't go This sign team somebody. is very
2: limited, and I'm, I'm on not the trying event. to act like I know more about basketball than Jim Beheim, but I've never really seen him implement an offense. And I think that with a team like this, you need to implement some set plays that's just going to get people moving off of the ball and get people to set screens off the ball. Do more than just set a high screen at the three-point line with Chukwu and have him try to roll to an open spot, which he's not very good at. And he obviously has no mid-range game, so the defender can obviously just double quick, and you know he's not going to dump the ball off Chukwu. I
0: just... I, I I don't know what the answer is.
2: I have no I, idea I, I, there's, I, no there's no answer. answer. I
0: don't know what the answer is. I'm just... Giving you my observations. And I think I'm, I'm Captain Obvious saying, you know, something needs to change. Of course, something needs to change. I don't know what it is, and and there just there aren't a lot of answers with this team because they have three guys who can score. Yeah, um, I brought you in here though to change the subject, and here we've spent here the last we've five said, yeah. minutes talking you <laughs> basketball. So let's so change the subject. Change the subject. <laughs> okay. So
2: just anything. Get get to what you wanted to get to. All right, let's get to some this or that, and we'll start with the NFL with the playoffs coming up this weekend because I don't know when I'll get to do this again this week. So starting with the Falcons and Eagles, pick one: this or that. Falcons. Why Nick Foles not good enough? Yep.
0: Eagles. I told you I think they're going to the Super Bowl. So, I know I'm in the minority. <laughs> Eagles are at home. They have a good defense. They have a good they have all the pieces. They just don't have Carson Wentz, and I know that Nick Foles is not nearly as good as Carson Wentz. Um He's good it, enough to win at home. An indoor team is going to have to beat them for the Eagles not to go to the Super Bowl. It's right. either going to have to be, you know, Vikings, Saints, or Falcons. That's all that's left. It's going to be outside, it's going to be cold, it's going to be windy, It's and the Eagles are good enough as a team, I think, to win two games at home. So, I, I got the Eagles this week, I got the Eagles next week, I'm assuming I'll they're take, still alive.
1: I'll take the Falcons, I like Matt Ryan and that offense, uh, that defense is pretty good. I like the running game and that they are a team that might be able to travel and play outdoors and not just be stuck in their dome. You know, they're de- they're a dome team, but does that mean that they can only play in a dome? I don't think so. Uh,
2: well, so in, in defense of Matt Ryan, I saw yesterday, his QBR is over 110 yeah, he's when he's really under pressure good. by defense. And, you know, credit the Eagles' defense for doing what they've done all year, but they're going to have to do a lot more than just get pressure on Matt Ryan right. to be successful. Right.
1: I mean, the guy only had a 28-3 to lead in the Super Bowl last year before his coaches decided to stop running the ball. Right. So, <laughs> you know,
2: it's he's not a slouch. Right. And let's keep moving right along with the second game on Saturday. The Titans and the Patriots, I think this one's pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> I don't think either of you are gonna pick Titans. Can we even make a case for Tennessee in this game? No. Is Tom Brady Move gonna
1: <laughs> break a leg or something on no. Saturday? So afternoon? Okay. okay.
2: Resounding no. So it's Saints and Vikings. Could Brian Hoyer lead the Patriots to a win over the Titans? No. Okay, that's a that's interesting. No. I don't think so. I really don't.
1: I don't think so either. I don't, think I don't, so. I don't
2: I'm not sure. I, but it, but it's a question.
1: I like mean, we're thinking about this at the beginning we of the season, no, right?
2: Could, it's the same question with the Vikings in the beginning of the season. Can Case Keenum lead you to the playoffs? And here we and are. Here we are. Now he's an attractive free agent option. <laughs> now Steve wants. him going to go to the Bills in the <laughs> right. offseason. season. What so, else you got? Saints Vikings. So the Patriots are going to win. Yeah, tomorrow, Pat's obviously yeah. Saints Vikings. One of this is the most intriguing. This is going to be the best game of the week. Yeah, I think so too. This is going to be a great game. Um, I it's don't know. really hard
1: to pick I really, really, really like the Saints But I also really like the prospects of pl- of the Vikings playing at home in the Super Bowl um, And I don't know which way I want to go in this
2: I take the Saints uh, with Kamara and Ingram leading the right. way and I love that 2 I, I take the Saints too because I think the Vikings have the better defense But I think Drew Brees ultimately comes down and Case Keenan will shell up I yeah. think
0: the Saints are the more complete team I agree uh, and again, it's indoors, and maybe I'm making too much of the indoors-outdoors, but the Saints and Drew Brees and that offense, they're very comfortable indoors. And I know the Vikings have a really good defense. I, I think the Saints are the more complete team, so I th- I'll take the Saints.
1: I think the Saints have a defense that is also really good, though, and I think that the gap between the Saints' offense and the Vikings... It, the, the Saints' offense is... Has a bigger gap over the Vikings yeah. offense than the Vikings defense has over the Saints I'll defense. Buy that. So I guess I would go edge to the to the Saints. But again, I would love to see a team play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl. And I think this is about as close as we've gotten to that, like actually ever happening. Mm-hmm. Because there's a very real possibility that they don't have to go anywhere except that home stadium. Uh, but yeah, I think the Saints oh, are the they better team to
2: hate on the Eagles. I know. I I don't. I mean, they're going to have to travel it. to Philly now. I they expect are. it from the Giants they win. fan, and I appreciate Steve having my team I'm sorry back. that I
1: have no trust in Nick Foles. It's not the Eagles. I think they're a good team. They have a good running game. They have a good defense. I have no faith in Nick Foles.
2: <laughs> all right. At well, all. Do you have faith in Blake Bortles beating <laughs> the Steelers this no. weekend? <laughs> no, and I know he did it already, but no. But Jack's defense could keep he them set, in there very well. He set the forward pass back 15 years in that game last week. I mean, that defense, though. And Antonio Brown... Maybe coming back. You yeah. don't know if he's a hundred percent. Le'Veon Bell obviously going to do what he does. Big Ben looked horrible when they played Jacksonville early on this he year. He did. Well, that was he threw five interceptions five that picks. game. Yeah. Yep. Percent
0: chance that the Steelers lose this game? Because there's always a chance. I'm
2: going to say twenty. Twenty. I was going to say twenty five percent chance. So yeah. I'll go. I'll go uh, like that. Fifteen to twenty, 20
1: area.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, I would say less. I would say less than that. But how bad would a ja- a chance. how
1: bad would Jaguars, Patriots, and Foxborough be? See, honestly, be I don't think it would
2: be a game. that. I, I don't think it would be that bad. I think it would be a good game. Is that crazy to say? I mean, the I really think this Jags like defense. Jags. I like the Jags defense a lot.
1: Yeah, I, but then you have Blake Bortles on offense.
2: He was. I mean, look what he did to the Bills. He, he found a way to win that game, and I know he's played horrible passing. He was horrible throwing the ball, but what he did with defense, his legs that I game think and the his decision-making. The,
1: the defense found the way well, to win obviously,
2: Jalen Ramsey yeah. with what he did The all defense day.
1: found the way to win that game. They just kind of survived Blake Bortles. Bortles is
0: crafty, man. I mean, the I the, the, NFC, the I NFC is going NFC to be the fun. Both these games, I think, the 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 are toss-ups to some degree. I would be shocked if it's not Patriots-Steelers.
2: like Like, shocked. Yeah. Yes. I, I would I would have to agree with that, but I like to leave some wiggle room for miracles to happen. <laughs> how how uh, how disappointed would CBS be if it's Titans,
0: Jaguars? There is no there's chance. There's no shot. There is
2: no chance. chance. There's absolutely
0: zero. And I know, percent. I, know I said there's they always a percent percent chance. chance. No, there's, no there's no chance that both no those teams way. are winning.
1: Could you imagine what the meetings are like in, in at CBS headquarters if the Titans and Jaguars win this weekend? Like the Monday morning meeting, like, well, good news is we have the AFC championship game. Bad news is nobody's going to watch. Can we and they're flex gonna be... this game
0: to a Tuesday <laughs> night? There
1: are going to be 13 <laughs> combined points. Uh, I think we're,
2: we've moved on from the NFL now. I think all of our picks are set, unless Steve has one more thing. No, you give me one
0: more, and then we're going to have to take a break. One more in this segment.
2: All right, well, we all saw what happened Monday night. Nick Saban making that. Huge decision Controversial Almost Controversial decision To bench Jalen Hurts Moving forward Would you rather have Tua Tagovailoa Be your starting quarterback Or Jalen Hurts The 25-2 and SEC Tua. player of the year
1: Tua Better thrower I don't And think it's maybe even a, a question. better And
0: maybe a better runner too I don't think it's even a question It's not even a question is Jalen
2: Hurts transferring to Texas A and M? That makes, does that make sense to you guys? FAU, go Owls! No, but in all seriousness, Jalen Hurts to Texas A and M. He's from Texas. Is that where big names go and, if things but, don't quite work out? Right, like but Jimbo just, Fisher. What an exciting time! <laughs> but it's just like, look, like Jimbo Fisher. That was random. Jimbo <laughs> Fisher gonna need a quarterback. Yeah, if I'm not uh, mistaken,
0: I don't know if it's Texas A and M. Kyler Murray, doesn't he?
2: Is he the guy
0: though? I don't know. Does he consider transferring I, I would, I, might, I, would yeah. I would think so. If like, I'm he Jalen Hurts considered
2: it. transferring as soon as the second half started.
0: Well, I don't know about that. The way
2: that hey, he a, out, Hold
1: on, he got a snap in the as second as half. As soon as
2: Saban came up to me in the locker room and was like, Look, we're starting Tua, I'm like, okay, I will Thank you for your opportunity. I'm going to be transferring
0: No, I, We had some I fun times together. The thanks. way that it played out and how dynamic he was running and throwing and the way that he kept his poise under pressure and, and they won that game, um, I, it's not his job anymore. No. I mean, so, have you
2: ever seen a lefty throw the way Tua does, though? Because I really can't remember. I mean, like Ken Stabler's in the Hall of Fame.
0: Didn't we talk about this Did on the show? Did you watch him though? <laughs> Didn't we talk Were about? Were you this? old enough <laughs> to watch? <laughs> no, him? I don't. I can't what remember if saying. that was with you no, or if it was Sam. Like, oh, no, what you I saying? Talking about seeing with their own eyes. There's squad. no
1: lefty quarterback who's throwing. I mean, there's a Hall of Famer. Who was a lefty? There's so a few have to be pretty pretty good, talking
0: about personally. pretty good viewing. lefty quarterbacks. Timo
1: in, in college was actually pretty
0: decent. Steve Young. Steve Young. was pretty I good. mean, do we have to do this again? We had this conversation <laughs> on the show. <laughs> was it, it did with did you? I can't remember had. if it was with you or Seth. Or <laughs> no, it was right. him. Yes, <laughs> I
2: remember
1: we, I I'm having deja out, vu.
2: Like, he brought up Ken Stable out of right. nowhere, and he thought it was such a great. And, <laughs> and there were like seven names that you forgot about.
1: I was like, there are no good lefty quarterbacks ever. And we had this conversation. Flooded with.
2: Michael Vick. <laughs> All right. I forgot
0: about Michael Vick. Oh. you! I
1: forgot he was How a lefty. I How... forgot he was Sorry. Seth,
0: we had <laughs> this same conversation like a couple I know, months ago. I know. Let's take a break. <laughs> we'll get to today's business next. Keep it here. Follow us on Twitter. ESPN Syracuse. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m take on the day's top stories it's today's business on orange nation we're going to keep uh, max in here for today's bris- business brought to you every day by grossman saint Amore cpas and-, and based on what you told us during the break <laughs> i have just answer ag- the question i have a feeling you're going to just aggravate me with this question <laughs> so just to answer the question
2: steve Let's get to the question. Is Uh, Trey Young the best college basketball player of all time, averaging 29 points per game and 10 assists per game? No player has ever led D1 in both categories Kareem
1: Abdul-Jabbar lost one game in three years, so I'm going to go with no.
2: Best freshman ever? Freshmen weren't allowed to play until the 80s. Um, That's exactly my point. Max. (laughs) He brought up Carmelo Anthony averaging a double-double as a true freshman. So is Trey Young with 29 points per game. Well, no, he's not the best player. Melo won a national ever. title,
0: but I'm just going to throw some names out at you, okay? Uh, Luel Cinder, uh, Pete Maravich, eh. Bill Walton, eh. Ralph Sampson, eh. Len Bias, Christian eh. Leitner, uh eh. Patrick eh. Ewing. Eh. Eh. Did you just <laughs> ask us if we thought he was the best college basketball player ever? I just wanted to Have get you get going, man. Have you lost your mind?
2: I just wanted to get you going. You don't really believe that, though, right? No. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> No, it was just a polarizing question. That approach. was a 1st kind of question. Right. Which, Well, hey, Jerry that's a great West. segue because I was Jerry watching. West.
1: Did you? Hear- this is a fascinating stat, by the way, that I heard on SportsCenter last night. West Virginia is, to- is number two in the country, the highest they've been since Jerry West was a senior. Yeah, since in the 1959.
2: 50s. That's insane. That's when Bob Huggins got his first quarter-zip fle- <laughs> <laughs> zip-up jacket, and he hasn't taken it off since. Bob Huggins was back at Cincinnati in those days, I think. All right. Well, you brought up first take, Seth, and this is the first real point I wanted to get to, just because I when I needed to get Steve going because he seemed a little down today. Uh, just wanted to make sure he was awake.
0: I just as, as we're talking about this, I just um, I just searched uh, greatest college basketball players of all time, and and your Grant, boy
1: Bobby Hurley, you forgot hang about on him. Is, well,
0: I love Bobby Hurley. Grantland put out a. Uh, I just came across this. Grantland put out a top fifty all time. Jerry McNamara is forty eighth on the list. I remember this. Agree. Yes, I remember this.
1: People lost their minds over this. I love it. Okay. Anyway. Right. Sorry. Stephen C- continue. A.
2: Almost as, a most of, almost as much as a ridiculous take as I just had on Trey Young, Stephen A. had one on first take today saying that John Cruden can only prove his worth to the Raiders by winning them a Super Bowl in the first three or four years. Is there validity to that <laughs> statement? Or no? No.
1: No. Is it I realistic think, the with thing, that think, roster
2: that he has, though?
1: Uh. Well... I think that last year if Derek Carr didn't get hurt, I think they would have been a legitimate threat to uh, go to the Super Bowl last year and like have beaten the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Uh, but Derek Carr did get hurt and they got knocked out. Um, I think that Gruden will prove his worth because they're moving and you're moving to Las Vegas and you need a name and you need lights and, and glitz and glamour and, and that's what Gruden will give you. I, I don't know if he'll prove his worth on the field because, like, I don't know if he was a very good coach 10 years ago, let alone now after not coaching for 10 years. Um, so, like, will he ultimately, like, prove his worth in terms of wins and losses? I don't know. Uh, but you're moving to Las Vegas in a year, and you needed to get a big name and a splashy hire and, and to make some noise, and, and Gruden
0: certainly does that. Are you asking if I think the Raiders could win the Super Bowl?
2: No, I'm asking you, is that the only way that Gruden can prove his worth to the Raiders oh, after signing a no. hundred million guaranteed, with some rumors swirling that there are incentives pushing that number up to the one hundred twenty range?
0: No, I think it's a good hire, and I, I agree with what Seth said. Um I, I do think they can win a Super Bowl and and maybe relatively quickly. Uh you look at the AFC, the Patriots, you have to think at some point Tom Brady's gonna start to decline. Um I don't know. I think they'll still be good. He might just keep doing what he's doing. I think they'll still be good, but are they going to be the team to beat every year for the next five years? I don't know that. Um, And that's assuming Brady is the quarterback for the next four or five years. I don't know that either. Um, The Steelers are good, but are they...
2: Well, Ben's career is also coming to an right. end, and you don't have a solid backup. That's center. what I was going to
0: say. Like the Steelers are good, but are, d- if you project out five years, do you think the Steelers are going to continue to be? And also, like what they are? at
1: division, like and, and I would play, say- they've got the they've got the Broncos who have no quarterback and are seemingly lost. The Chargers, who their quarterback is in the same boat as the Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, where Philip Rivers is a lot closer to the end than the beginning. Um, and you've got the Chiefs who are going to be transitioning to a new quarterback this year, like. They, they are ripe to go win that division
0: again. What I was just going to say about the Raiders is they feel like a relatively young core. So when you project out five years, they've got talent, and a lot of that talent is young, right? Carr, Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper. Cooper, exactly. You get Marshawn um,
2: Lynch a couple more years, too. Give you some time to draft another running back. Maybe one more year. It feels like your stars are young.
0: And you have a division that is there for the taking, as you just put it.
1: Um, And if Derek Carr is is healthy, I really like their chances. I I loved their chances last year. I thought they were a great team last year. Uh, Derek Carr gets hurt and things change. And and this year, for whatever reason, this year just didn't work. Uh, Do I know if Gruden's going to be able to come in and push the right buttons to make it work again? Who knows? Uh, My point is is, is they have the talent
0: and they have the youth. And they theoretically have the coach. Uh, and they're in the right division. I, I think it's realistic to say that that they can be one of the best teams in the AFC for the next five years. Like, as you sure. project out, I, I think it's absolutely
2: realistic. I would agree with that. Like, I'm, I completely agree with everything you guys just but said. Like, actually, I,
1: I, as I said though, like, I think that Gruden can also prove his hundred million dollar worth just by being John Gruden and that team moving people that, like, to go to the games. Right,
0: and You know, there's right. a buzz and uh, yeah, right.
1: You know, and and doing events and whatever. Like Jack Del Rio is not creating buzz in, in Las Vegas Fair. you know, for as good as Derek Carr is like coming off a mediocre year. And if he wasn't great next year, like that's probably not creating all that much buzz, you know? So uh, I think that just by being John Gruden and being the personality, like, but you if could, you go you four and 12, buzz.
0: three years in a row, the buzz wears off. Yeah, yeah, sure. no, so you There's need no buzz anymore. You, need, you need buzz but early, need, which he will give you. Right. And then you need to win games, which I think they will do. So right. I think he's and got both.
1: And you're also giving him a year before you get there. Right. right. So, so it's a year to build up the buzz and also to make this team decent because if the team stinks next year, it doesn't matter. You're moving, you've got John Gruden, you're, you're selling, hey, we're this fun young team, we've got this awesome personal, personable coach, buy season tickets. As, soon, as long as you sell tickets for that first year, like you're gold. Then you prove that you have to be decent.
2: I mean, you are moving to Vegas too, which is... They're going to sell out, gonna every, gonna game, sell no out every game. They're going to sell out every game anyway.
1: Casinos will have multiple suites and comp them. They'll be good.
2: All right. so Alabama's coaches will receive $1.27 million in bonuses for winning the title. Is it time to start compensating players? Especially when you give your strength coach $96,000 for your strength coach. Yeah, you know, I read something about this uh,
1: before the game over the weekend uh, from Dan Wolkin in USA Today, and I thought it was really interesting. He was saying, uh, you know, now assistant coaches are starting to get multi-million dollar a year uh, deals, and and you look at... uh, Dave Aranda, who signed a four-year, ten million-dollar total deal to stay at uh, LSU, um, and some of these other contracts that are being handed out, and to an extent, you can justify Saban and and Dabo Sweeney and Jimbo Fisher and say, hey, they're the face of the the university, and they up our academic standards, and they bring in so much money, and blah 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 blah. A lot harder to justify that for uh for like the defensive coordinator or the strength coach or whatever it is, and. It feels like college football is hitting this peak of like really getting to that slippery slope and that that real uh, kind of greediness and gluttonous range that they're in where like hey, like people might start realizing like, oh, you're paying all these guys and you're not paying the kids. like it may be time to really change
0: something. Are you asking if a national champion, should pay its players then? I think that makes more sense. Like there's a pool of money and it trickles down. Just like a
2: stipend. Like, you know, like you get like a grant when you're in college. Yeah, but I'm saying an extra stipend. That's a lot of time and effort put in to winning a national championship. And if you can afford to give a $1.27 million bonus to just your coaching staff, why can you not just divvy that up amongst your players? I'm not talking outlandish amounts of money. I'll be honest with you, and I know I'm in the minority
0: on this, I don't like... That you treat different programs differently. I don't either. Like if you were to say, well, if you win a national title, then you get money.
2: It I think it's well, gotta the be uniform getting the board. money anyway. You know what no, I mean? And that's, I that's that's why
1: I was saying, like, make this kind of a like like that's why I pointed out the other but, assistant coaches who are getting more money. I don't think that it's a good idea to start saying, like, if you are X, Y, Z, like if you're this successful, if you win that many games, like you get more like I well, I can't you start that way I and think trickle it, down? I think it I don't creates think so. a
0: larger gap. Just like yeah. I don't want to see athletes get paid for their autographs. Because, you know, John Calipari could say, well, if you come here, we'll pay you 000, 000 a million dollars for you know for an autograph session. Whereas, you know, Butler can't do that. I know we got to run, but I want I, I wanted uniform across the board. Yeah, no bonuses.
1: Uh, That was today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs located in downtown Syracuse. Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com. Back after this.